This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you at 8am for the Arsenal Transfer Show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Hope you've enjoyed the US tour. And of course, if you were involved in that in any way, perhaps you went to the games, maybe you went to fan events. I hope you had a brilliant, brilliant time. I hope you met some amazing people, made some new friends and ultimately enjoyed some fantastic football. And I think we can all agree that we all managed to do that with some of the football that was played over the course of the tour and ultimately ending it with an absolute battering of Chelsea. It's quite a good way to finish a tour, if I do say so myself. But good morning, everybody joining us live in the show today. Let's jump in and see who we've got. Carl, good morning to you, to Matt G, to NSW, to Paul, uh, to Kaiser, to Aussie, to Class of 0303. Who says 03? <laughs> Dave, good morning to you. Peter, Brad, Stevie, Nick. Uh, Black Shine, Anthony, Martin. Uh, hope you are all good. Uh, Arsenal Analyze, who, by the way, does a fantastic channel. You should definitely be checking it out. Uh, had Charles Watts, I believe, on there recently. Definitely one to put on your sub list. Uh, Kabir, good morning to you, to Aiden, to Lynn, to Graham. Hope you are all good. Hope you are all well. And everybody else joining us, I, of course, don't have the time to say good morning to everybody. Um, but yes, thank you so much for the continuing nice words in the chat box and the family feel that we like to bring to this community indeed without further ado though we're going to crack on with today's stories we always kick off by telling you to go and subscribe to the arsenal way this is why i'm vamping because i've realized i've not even attached it to the screen there we go lovely stuff i'll be live over there at 10 a.m uh we are on our way i know it says twenty thousand subs there but over the course of the u.s tour things have gone a bit crazy at the Arsenal way, and we are only 700 subscribers away from 25,000. And when you consider the fact that we started that channel in September of last year, I thought it was August, but I went back and checked the videos. It was September of last year, and we're already hitting nearly 25,000 subs. Amazing work from the whole team. So do help support us over there uh, and help us to keep the channel going. Uh, let's uh, kick off our stories, though, with Nuno Tavares, who looks ever closer to joining Atalanta on loan. He did play, of course, in the game against Chelsea, and I think had he not been there, it would have been quite telling that the move was very close. But it does seem to be that there is an, a feeling that Tavares will end up joining Atalanta on loan. The big thing about this deal is the option. Now, Atalanta are said to be keen, according to Demazio, on including an option to buy in the player's contract. Arsenal are preferably looking for a just a dry loan. However, there is a potential alternative, which is a straight sale. Now, I would be open to the idea of selling Nuno Tavares. I like him. I think he's got potential. I think there's a real good player in him. But with Tierney and uh, Zinchenko, Arsenal obviously have a lot of good options now at left back. We've got depth. We've got youth in Lino Souza. Uh, Agungbo, we've got obviously Tommy Asu who can play there. Uh, we've got lots of depth in that position. And Arsenal's value of the player is around €30 million, Euros, which is around £25 million. Pounds. Um, so I think if Arsenal can get something like that and more than treble what they paid for Tavares only a year later, having played just a handful of games, 
I think that'd be incredible business by the club. Incredible business. So I would be open to that. Uh, it would be about making a significant profit on the player. Now, uh, Jorge Jesus, who is the manager now of Fenerbahce, formerly manager of Flamengo when uh, Pablo Marie was there in Brazil, wants to sign his former player. Uh, and Fenerbahce have Pablo Marie on a list of players that they would like to bring into the club this summer. Arsenal, of course, would be open to selling. They have fairly good relationships with the, with the Turkish club as well. And so this could be a potential deal that happens before the close of the window. Arsenal are very, very, very open to moving Murray on. Don't really see him as part of the long-term plans of the club. His sale, though, could prompt Arsenal back into the market for a left-footed centre-back. He would be the last left-footed centre-back that we have. Yes, Tinny can play left centre-back. Yes, so can Saliba. Yes, so could Tomiyasu. But Arteta does like to have a left-footer in competition with that position. So I feel as though if Marie is to move on, it could prompt Arsenal to go back in for a potential alternative should the Spaniard leave. Now, Lucas Torreira was, I want to say caught because he kind of posted this on his own Instagram page. But I don't really know what to make of this. I don't know if I should be annoyed about seeing this. Basically, in short, Lucas Torreira was, of course, away with the Arsenal squad on the US Tour. He was part of that team. He was called up to that team. He didn't play any part in any of the games. He was on the bench for the game against Everton. Uh, he returned to Italy, supposedly to sort out some passport situation. But here he is uh, with uh, one of his former Fiorentina players uh, having a drink and uh, enjoying himself in the Italian sun, it seems. I... I don't know what to think about this. I don't know whether or not I should be critical of this or whether or not this is allowed. You know, it's impossible for me to really know. But my instinct, and, you know, I'll trust them, tells me that this isn't a great look. You know, he's not... Holidays are done. You know, pre-season is, is in full swing. And at the moment, he's a contracted Arsenal player. Now, if he's on the way to a move to another club, then fair enough. But as far as we understand, there's been no bids... There's been no agreement. There's been nothing regarding Torreira and Arsenal and another club. So if all of that is sorted, surely, and his passport situation, as was reported previously, then surely he, he should be making quite a swift return to the club. Maybe I'm being too hard. Maybe I'm being overly critical. But that's just kind of how my instincts saw that situation. Do let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section. You can disagree with me. I can take it. Uh, Nicolas Pepe uh, will not, it seems, uh, be leaving Arsenal, despite all of the chaos around this. I say that. Obviously, the transfer window is crazy and things can change. But he did post to his Instagram stories and, and pages talking about how committed he is to Arsenal, how much focus he has on Arsenal. Um, and that in itself is confusing to me. It's... It, it makes sense that obviously whilst he's contracted to the club, he would be very committed and want to say he's focusing on his time with Arsenal. But I am confused because there is a clear lack of opportunity, I feel, for Pepe. Now, Fabrizio Romano has also reported that Arsenal are very open to selling Pepe and that Pepe himself would be open to a move. We reported at Football.London previously earlier on in the summer that he had changed agents um, in order to help him secure a move to get more playtime. The biggest problem that we have with Pepe is his wages. The £140,000 per week wages um, is, for me, you know, very much the blockade, the obstacle, the problem that creates this issue. And it might be that Arsenal are willing to keep hold of him for another season in order to then see his contract go down to a year. That would obviously change the context around how they might be willing to allow him to leave in the following summer window. They may potentially allow him to leave on loan this summer by paying part of his wage packet to another club. There's been interest in the likes of Newcastle and Sevilla and Everton and Leicester and Lyon and Marseille in the last six to eight months. But it doesn't look any closer at this stage to a departure. And he himself has said now he is very much focused on Arsenal. If he stays, I want him to you know, I want him to succeed. If he stays at Arsenal, I want him to have a great career with the club because it means it's for the benefit of Arsenal. I have my criticisms of Pepe and you were all very much well aware of my criticisms of Pepe and that I think that ultimately he hasn't been a success story and that we should probably look to bring in someone else. But whilst he's at the club, I want him to do well and I want him to succeed and I hope that he can. 
we will follow this story and continue to update if there are indeed any changes on his situation. Now, Edu has been speaking about Marquinhos, some very interesting words indeed about the young Brazilian, about how they're specifically going to protect him. He says, we have to be careful with Marquinhos. He is a long-term part of the project. He needs to adapt and enter into this process. We have to be calm. I told him and his family that we've uh, we've to protect him. We'll take care of Marquinhos. There seems to be a plan. He obviously played a couple of games this preseason so far. Came against Nuremberg. Came on also against Chelsea. Looked sprightly. I love his physicality. I love his strength. I think that's a really good part of a winger that we don't necessarily have in the likes of Martinelli and Saka. Saka more so. I think Saka's bulked up. But Marquinhos looks genuinely quite strong and formidable when he's on and out of possession. So he's a player that I am intrigued by uh, because we know very little about him. And I imagine we'll see a fair amount of him in the Europa League group stage. And of course, in those cup games too, maybe in the Premier League coming on as a sub. We have five subs this season, of course. But Marquinhos is part of the project, but will be protected by the club and gradually developed considering he is still, of course, of a very, very young age indeed. Uh, moving on to the potential signings, and there aren't too many to speak of. It's gone quite quiet on the signings front. Uh, not surprising, considering over the weekend Arsenal played a game. That is what tends to happen, so don't be alarmed. But there wasn't too much news about potential players coming into the club. Uh, one player that will not be joining Arsenal, though, is Artemelo. This deal has been completely poured cold water on, despite loads of chat about this deal. Uh, the coldest of cold water has been poured on this. Arsenal are not in negotiations with Juventus to try and sign the player. There were discussions around Rabio being included, but no. And on Lucas Paqueta, Edu has also spoken about him and said whilst he likes the player, there are no discussions and there have been no meetings with Lucas Paqueta at all. You may have seen your, your fellow and your likeable ITK spreading potential stories that Arsenal were in talks with the player and that they had had discussions with the player but as of Edu's own words, that is not the case. He likes him. There's an admiration, as has been reported quite widely, that Arsenal have an admiration and a liking and an interest in Paqueta. But there has been no talks. There has been no discussions. There has been no contact directly with the player to try and sign him as of yet. This may change because, as Edu confirmed, Arsenal do like the player. And it may change before the end of the window. Newcastle look to be the side that I have the best chance right now because their interest may be more solidified than Arsenal. But uh, Arsenal and Paqueta doesn't seem to be as real as maybe some of your social media followings may have made it out to be. Now, we're going to finish the show with an extended section talking about Edu's interview. Uh, he conducted an interview with a number of journalists, including my colleague Kaya Kainak from Football London uh, and many others. Uh, and we've got the quotes from that, and I want to go through as many of them as I can because there's some really good discussion points to talk about. So bear with me. Um, and uh, whilst I take a drink because it's incredibly difficult talking for this length of time without one and we're going to go through some of the quotes that edu has been talking about we're not going to go through the whole interview because i'll be here forever but there are some key ones that i wanted to pick out and talk about now on cleaning the squads he says listen for me there are three elements which in my role i have to be really prepared to be strong on the message to the players when a player is 26 years of age plus big salary and he's not performing he's killing you that kind of player because you don't have a valuation to sell the player, the player is comfortable. Arsenal, London, beautiful, everything is fantastic and has a good salary. How do you move this player? So how many players with that kind of characteristics did we have in the past? 80% of the squad, that's an incredible, by the way, I'm now deviating from the quote. That's an incredible percentage. Edu summarising that 80% of the squad, effectively when he came into things, was comfortable, was on a big wage, and, you know, they weren't necessarily doing it. And in his words, they were killing Arsenal. And I think we can all be aware that he's referencing players like Meza Ozil, allegedly, Aubameyang, allegedly. You know, I think we can all make a link that he's referencing these types of players. Um, he continues, uh, that's why I said to them when I made my plan, guys, it's not easy to clean the squad straight away because most of the players have two, three or four year contracts. He was then asked about kind of getting fees for those players. He says, if you imagine, oh, no problem. This season, we're going to expose the player a little bit more and then we sell them. No, be realistic. You don't want to sell the player. Try to avoid one more year with the problem inside in the dressing room. Expensive, not performing. Clean, take it out, 
even I'm sorry if you have to pay to leave is better because that guy is sometimes also blocking someone, you know, potentially a new signing, potentially a young player. This is me talking. Um, you know, that's what he's talking about when he says blocking someone. I know it hurts. I know it's strange when I go to the board and say sometimes it's better to pay a player to leave than maintain them, but I consider it an investment. Sometimes people say it's expensive. I say, no, it's investment, but someone will pay if you sell. No, guys, if the player is above 26, 27 and not performing, big salary, no chance. Now, as to this date, and this could, of course, change, Arsenal have not, to my knowledge, paid any player or had to pay off any player that was signed during Mikel Arteta's tenure. Now, Willian, if you remember, we mutually terminated his contract. No money was exchanged. He was willing to just write it all off. So we didn't pay Willian anything. A player that I'm concerned that we may end up having to pay off is Alex Runison because we put him on quite a large wage. Um, but beyond that, we are so far yet to kind of see any investment, as Edu describes it, in paying off some of those players. Now, I think what Edu's talking about here is very interesting indeed, about investing in moving on players that were going to be difficult and that it was to the benefit of Arsenal to move them on. I think we all know that Aubameyang is one of those players for sure. We paid off the rest of his contract because he went to Barcelona and it was for the benefit of the club that he feels to move him on. Now, some people might say, I know Piers Morgan certainly would, that moving him on will have been a, to the huge detriment to Arsenal in the second half of last season. We missed out on Champions League, sure. But to be honest, Aubameyang was hardly contributing up until the point that we were fighting for the Champions League. You know, four goals. It was just not good enough. We needed more. Lacazette, we decided not to renew because not good enough. Eddie Nketiah, however, should have been brought in earlier. Arguably a criticism of Arteta that he didn't has really started to show that promise and scored more goals than the Bamiyan did in eight starts, you know, in the Premier League. So at the end of the day, it seems that that was the right choice, especially considering where we look at the squad now and we've got Gabriel Jesus sitting in the team. And I would much rather have him than any of the previous strikers that we've had in the last couple of seasons. Now, talking about the timing of Arteta's contract, this was this has actually changed my view. Now, one of the things that if you're new to the channel, we're very, very open to is changing your mind. You may not be aware of that you can do this, but if you have a mind, you can change it. Now, I remember sitting at the end of last season, I said, I wouldn't have given him the new contract because we didn't get top four. I would not have given him that new contract. I would have waited. I would have waited until see the start of the season and then renewed that deal. He would have had one year left. And what Edu has said in his interview about Edu's, about Arteta's new contract has completely convinced me and changed my mind to think, actually, I completely understand why we renewed it when we did. He says, I was an important part of this process as well. Of course, I can recommend, I can talk, but the decision in the end is for the owners and the board. But it was part of the plan as well because we had discussions where we said, okay, now we're going to face a transfer window. And if you want to be a club like Arsenal and for people to see us as a very organized, well-planned, our manager has to be renewed because the agents and the players can say, okay, what's happening there? One year, six months, a three-year contract. We say, no, 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 he's our coach. He's our manager and he's going to be here with us for a minimum of three years more. That's how to avoid any doubts when you're going to sign a player. And I think also with the benefit of hindsight, what we've seen from this summer is that both Gabriel Jesus and Alexander Zinchenko have joined Arsenal because Mikel Arteta is at the club. Had that contract not been in place, would we have beaten off competition from Real Madrid for Jesus? Would we have beaten off competition from Chelsea for Gabriel Jesus with the uncertainty of Mikel Arteta being here or not? I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. But I'm willing to put a fair amount of money on the idea that it would have compromised the ability of us ultimately seeing, you know, where uh, where we could have done things. And I think that this interview in particular has certainly changed my viewpoint on where I saw the contract with Arteta. I think I was a bit conflicted because I was so disappointed about where we finished last season in terms of missing out on Champions League. It really affected me. I remember finishing the season in a complete lull and one of the lowest kind of mental states because of where we finished outside of the Champions League places because, you know, I'd built myself up and I think a lot of you guys have built yourselves up to getting into the Champions League next season. It was such a big hit and missing that was such a crucial, painful moment. But hearing what Edu has to say, I think everything he says on this 
makes sense. So there we go. Um, there is some more that I want to talk about as well regarding transfers and things. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. No, that's not the one I want. Uh, persuading players to join. Here we go. Face-to-face, -face, I go there. I meet the player. If I have to travel to Germany, anywhere, I want to see the player, the agent, the family, put everyone together and say, guys, listen to me and what I want to say. And then I sell what we are doing, our project, because it works both ways, doesn't it? I want to show them, but I want to see as well if they want to enjoy, because if I smell something wrong, then thank you very much, I go and don't sign them. I faced an experience like this for a player in Dortmund. I started to talk to them, engage the player, talk to the family, but always they said, yeah, but what about my contract? I said, listen, I want to understand first if you engage with this, if you like this, if you like it, I can talk, but not the opposite side. Oh no, let's talk about the money. No, no, no. And one day I said to the agent, guys, thank you very much. It's not what I want to do. Boom. <laughs> Uh, is I don't say boom, Edu says boom. <laughs> so I love this. This is great. You know, if you are, we are not interested in signing a player that doesn't want to join or isn't interested or is not focused on the, the the club. It's difficult. It's dangerous to speculate about who that Dortmund player could be. From knowledge, the only Dortmund player that I can think of that we were linked to was Julian Brandt. He was the only player that I can really think in my mind was linked to the club. Um, and instead of signing him, we signed Martin Odegaard. You know, Julian Brandt was one of the potential attacking midfielders that we were looking at. We decided to go for someone else instead. Now, if you remember, Martin Odegaard was not a simple deal to do. At the start of the window, um, at, at the start of the window, Real Madrid were not interested in selling Martin Odegaard. They weren't open to it. And because of that, Arsenal were looking at other players. Well, you actually went for Emi Buendia. You know, I blew up quite a bit when we missed out on Emi Buendia. It was a really frustrating moment. And I'm, you know, not, <laughs> not too keen about watching that video back by any means. But we also went for other players. We were linked to James Madison and we were linked to Julian Brandt as another player. And potentially... Julian Brandt uh, is that player. I can't say for sure. It's all allegedly at this moment, but he's the only Dortmund player I can genuinely remember being linked to. But it might be someone that was also kept very quiet at the time as well. So who knows? It might not even be a Dortmund player. It might be that he went to Dortmund to speak to a player. It might not even be someone that played for Borussia Dortmund. It could be someone else. Who knows? But uh, I feel as though Julian Brandt would be the most obvious candidate for whoever that was. But oh, away from that, I love this attitude. I love this idea um, of what they want to do and what they, they're trying to do. Now, the last one is about miss, or the last couple of ones, because there's something about um, his targets that he talks about. Uh, or missing out on potential transfer options. He said, I had a very good relationship with agents and players because it's part of my role. But when I start to talk to them, they explain to me as well, not only some ideas about Arsenal, but other clubs too. I say, be transparent to me because I can help you. What possibilities do you have? What do you want to do? I can give you information as well, but give me a bit too. For example, Rafinha was clear. And Deco is my close friend. He wants to go to Barcelona. That is his dream. So I said, thank you very much. And if you remember, Arsenal dropped out of the race of Rafinha pretty early on. So speaking specifically on Rafinha, and this is not something you see Arsenal do all that often, is actually Edu talking about a player that we didn't sign that went somewhere else. So referencing that specific player is something I'm really open to seeing more of Edu talking about players that we didn't necessarily get. Rafinha wanted to go to Barca. We all know that, you know, the Arsenal eventually knew that in the end. I think they went in for him at the start because Barcelona's financial situation looked like it was going to make the deal difficult. But we all know that Barca have found their ways to get a little bit more money this window. We just don't quite know how it's done. Well, we do kind of know with all these TV rights and stuff, but crazy. Uh, anyway, moving forwards onto reducing the wage. He says, to be fair, my first thoughts were about quality of the squad. Of course, I have to be aware of the salaries, but I started by thinking this player is not the profile I want. And when they have a big salary, then you have to take the decision as soon as possible to try and reduce the wage bill. There's a lot of discussions about how to manage our wage bill. But if a guy is performing and has a big salary, that's not a problem. The problem is always with performance. We would be happy to pay any money if the guy is performing at the top. I don't think this is any kind of surprise to any of us. We all know that was the case. Um, he says that the contract talks with Saka is, is very good and everybody is happy. Uh, I want to find the part about the targets. Now, I just need to change my 
tab for this because one of the things that unfortunately the interview was done by a lot of journalists and so of course it's across lots of different websites uh so let me just find this but the last thing i wanted to talk about was the targets uh bear with me a second i'm trying to find it uh a little bit here we go I've not found it. Anyway, <laughs> I thought I'd found it for a second, but I don't. Basically, there's a quote. I will try and find it at some point, but he's asked about the idea of, you know, trying to get to the champions. I know why I can't find it because actually it's interview- It's on the interview with haters. If you want to go and watch the interview, it's not the whole thing, um, but in the interview with haters in which he actually speaks via video, I'm going to post a link to that in the chat box. Um, you should be able to find it there. Um. He talks about and he's asked about the targets and he says and he's asked the question is basically Champions League next season. Is that the target? And he says effectively no. And the reason why he says no is because he says he wants to focus on something a little bit higher. He wants to focus on something more than qualifying for the Champions League. So if you've ever had any doubts about what this club, what this process, what it's trying to achieve Arsenal want to go back to the top. They don't want to be finishing the top four. They don't want to be winning the Europa League. They want to be fighting for the biggest honours that are out there. And they are trying to activate and to use parts of this project, process, whatever silly words you want to use. They are trying to use their tactics, their strategy to get us to that level. And we are starting to see changes and we've seen changes throughout the course of the last three years to put us on that level. You can have your reservations about the manager, the reservations about Edu. But the difference between what I see with these guys and what happened previously at the end of Wenger's tenure throughout Emery's tenure is a genuine target of getting Arsenal back to the top. It is now a question about whether or not the people who are here can do it. The first part is having the ambition. The second part is having the ability to achieve it. Now, I've seen a lot from Arteta that makes me think we could. I, I certainly can't sit here and guarantee you that we will. I haven't seen enough to give me that guarantee at all or anything close to the likes of someone like Pep or Klopp could. But I've seen the potential in this coach, in this group of executives that could potentially get us there because the decisions that we're making are certainly of a club that want to try and get there. We're moving on the, the surplus, the rubbish, the stuff we don't need. We're moving it on with respect <laughs> um, and we are bringing in quality and we're bringing in progression and we are moving in the right direction and I am looking for mistakes being learned from and I'm seeing it I'm looking for experience being brought in at times and I've seen that I'm looking for most of all quality and a clear vision and I'm seeing that but next season if we don't qualify for the Champions League which is my minimum expectation because that is the next step that's the next Step along the rung, you know, finishing fifth, missing out on the Europa League win. That's not progression. And I need to see progression to be assured, to be confident about who is in charge is taking us in that right direction. No, it's not a guarantee. No, it's not about entitlement. But I feel as though that you need to see evidence of a forward step. And that is what I'm most forward looking forward to hopefully seeing next season. I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I'm really happy with what's happened this summer so far and I want to see more. But I look forward to seeing what happens in the future. I know this has been a very long first section of the podcast and because of that, I am still going to take your questions. Um, and so therefore, I'm going to go into the chat box for the next 13 minutes or so or extend the show a little bit longer to tackle some of your questions and some of your points. So I don't want to be ignorant and ignore you guys that have been waiting around to ask some of those questions. So now is your time to throw them into the chat box. And if you would be so kind, we'll tackle those in just after this short little break. Okay, then. Uh, and thank you, by the way, for everybody that's joining us. There's over 1,500 of you, which I think is a brand new record for concurrent listens on one of our morning shows. If you haven't yet dropped a like on the video, please, please do. It's a massive help to the channel. We do these every single day at 8 a.m. UK time, keeping you up to date with everything in the world of Arsenal. And of course, um, you know, trying to answer as many of your questions as we feasibly can. So without further ado, let's uh, let's let's go. Let's answer some of these questions. Uh, let's scroll up a little bit because I know I'll probably miss some. Uh, Marley says, do you think it would be good to loan Nicolas Pepe to a Premier League club, which would also help to drop points off other teams? 
potentially. I think that's a secondary effect of that, obviously. I just want to see him, if we're going to move him on, he needs to be moved on so that we've made space for someone to come in. That's the most important thing about Pepe's future is how it affects, you know, the potential other players that could come into the team. Um, Rahil says, hi, Tom. Uh, did you see Fabrizio's tweet? Fulham are in talks with Barcelona for Neto, the goalkeeper. Yeah, look, Arsenal have tried to hold out for what they believe is the valuation of Leno. Fulham have been reluctant to try and reach that valuation and therefore they're going for a different player. Neto is a good keeper. He's probably available for less than Leno. That's why they've gone for him. At the end of the day, Arsenal not getting what they want for players is something that needs to be a thing of the past. We need to be ruthless. We need to be better about selling players. We can't criticise the club for not selling if we're also going to criticise the club for not selling good enough. It's a conflict. It's catch-22, but I do respect what Arsenal are trying to do in that sense. Uh, Matt says, if we are now in a position where we need to sell to buy, would it have made more sense to prioritise Tillemans over Fabio Vieira? Potentially not, because the Fabio Vieira deal would have been trickier later on in the window. We managed to get that deal done quickly, under the radar, before anyone else knew about it. Fabio Vieira is considered one of the best young talents in Portugal. We haven't been able to see any of that yet, so it's very difficult to... It's very difficult to get on board or really excited about it without having seen Fiera play for Arsenal. Of course, he's had this silly little injury that stopped him from playing. But Tielemans is a player that the club feel as though is basically a sure bet if we are able to move players on. He also plays a different position to, uh, to Vieira, and it's about moving players on like Torreira, like Maitland-Niles. If we can move those two on quickly, hopefully we can do a deal for Tielemans and bring him into the team as well i don't think so Vieira was a deal that we did quietly had it have been strong along for the rest of the window other teams may have been made aware to that situation and we may have missed out on what will, i think be a very important player for arsenal in competing for that position with martin Odegaard and making sure that nobody is comfortable uh you gangs is the best part of that interview was the boom this guy is backed by the owners to carry such amazing contagious levels of confidence and clarity, you know, and for a lot of people, I know my good friend Dan Potts, his energy very much this season is towards the ownership and quite rightly, but I think that we have to give credit where credit's due. They are backing, they are backing us. You know, we are spending money. We have spent more money uh, at this stage of a season than we ever have before. And we are on track to potentially spend more than we ever have in an entire window if we bring in a couple of other players this summer. There's no guarantees that will happen, but there's a potential that it could. I think we just need to make sure we move some players on first. Uh, based on the current squad, who would you make your registered 25-man squad? Kevin, that's a question that I'm going to tackle in the week ahead of the first game of the Premier League season. Don't you worry. Uh, Terry says, if Arsenal finish sixth or seventh, but when the Europa League win the Europa League, would you be okay with the season? I wouldn't be okay with finishing sixth or seventh, to be honest. I don't think I can sit here and say I'd be okay with that. I'd be frustrated and be asking a fair amount of questions why on earth we finish as far down as that. However, winning the Europa League qualifies us for the Champions League. And so for that, you know, the manager stays, we move on to the next season. Because that's my expectation. My minimum for next season is qualification for the Champions League. But, you know, you're in the Champions League next season if you win the Europa League. If you finish outside of the top four, you, I don't see us as a team that can realistically win the Champions League yet, potentially, in three or four years. Who knows? Maybe two or three years. I, th I think Arsenal are on a trajectory that is exponentially growing. But I don't see it happening next, the after next season, you know, the one after next, if we qualify. And so, therefore, if we finish out the top, top four the following season, we'll be back in the Europa League again not progression, not competition. We need to be continually going forwards. So I think whilst I would continue on for another season, the following season after that is, is going to be intriguing about how we use Champions League football. Um, let's go to Chris, who says, Morning, Tom, do you think that Zinchenko will mainly be used as a centre-mid? No, I think he will, because of Tierney's situation, probably be mainly used as a left-back, at least at the start of his Arsenal career. That may change the longer he goes on with us. Uh, Roy says, do you see a junior gunner uh, fullback playing, say, a Cuffey or a Sosa? Uh, where is our interview? Where is our new Saka? We have to play more juniors this year. I do see players like Bruton on Cuffey, Rural Waters, who, of course, played in the uh, in the tour, and Leano Sosa uh, also getting opportunities this season, and I look forward to seeing it as well. 
Leno to Leicester, is there any potential in that? I don't think there any, there's any hint that they're going to be moving on from Schmeichel, so I'm not sure, Jamie. Uh, Ali says, doesn't fifth get us Champions League next season due to the new format? I don't think so, unless I've read that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the extra position is going to be given to a team on historical merit. We've never won the Champions League, so why should we be one of those teams that gets it. I mean, there shouldn't even be a qualification spot because of historical merit. That shouldn't exist. That's just an absolute disgrace. And a for for the likes of Seferin uh, to come out and blast the Super League to then go and do pretty much the same thing, you know, with a qualification through historical merit is just hypocrisy to the highest level. Um, so uh, it is what it is. But we won't get that. And we shouldn't if that's what we're doing because we haven't won it. Why should we get... Champions League preference because we have been in it a lot. I don't see why, to be fair. Uh, Johnny says, Morning, Tom. Top four is not achieved next season, regardless of Europa finish. Do you think Arteta has failed with how much has been spent? But if we don't, if we don't qualify for the Champions League, Johnny, it's for me. Doesn't it? Top four is, is, is irrelevant. To me, it's about Champions League qualification. There are two routes for us to do that, two opportunities to get there. We know how taxing the Europa League can be on a team if you're going all the way to the end. So if we finish outside the top four, but win the Europa, I don't lose any sleep over that. I don't care. So next season, success is Champions League qualification for me. The following season has to be on looking to progress and get as close to those top, top teams as we can. Always thinking forwards. That's what we need to do. Uh, Half South African says, have you seen Pepe's latest Instagram? Yeah, we talked about it a second ago. Uh, Supercat says, is White our first choice right back now since Saliba has joined? No, Tommy Asu is still our first choice right back. But I do think that White will start that first game against Crystal Palace if Tommy Asu is not fit. I think it will be White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Ramsdale. I think that could be our first five starters in the back line going into that game against Crystal Palace. And I think that's a really strong back line, to be honest. I quite like that list when you don't have Tierney, when you don't have Tommy, when you don't have the players that we need. I think that's a good level. I think that's a good amount of players to have. Um, John says, hi. Uh, uh, goodness me. Uh, Tom is, is my name. <laughs> says, I'm watching this show, playing on catch-up. It's my 51st birthday. The mighty Arsenal beat Chelsea 4-0. What a present that was. Uh, happy birthday, John. Do get my name right next time. Though. <laughs> Benjamin says, Tom, with no interest in Pepe and him being his most prolific in the Europa League, would it be good to play him in that? He helps us progress and he puts himself in the shot window. He will get used in the Europa League. He will rotate with Saka in the Europa League. If he stays, that will be where he is. That will be where he stands. That will be his competition. Uh, Luke says, how happy are you with the management of the club at the moment? I think we forget how far we've come in the last couple of seasons. It's been a slow process, but I'm very impressed with Edu and Arteta. I am happy. You know, I know a lot of people aren't, but I am happy. I'm seeing progress. I'm seeing what I've wanted to see at Arsenal for a long time, which is learning from mistakes of the past, going for Premier League proven talent. I have campaigned for so long. I started doing this channel way back in 2016. You know, taking on the show from Craig way back then, And one of the big things I've called on for the last six years has been for Arsenal to sign Premier League proven players to stop going always and solely and exclusively into the European market because they have to transition. They have to adapt. It takes time and we need impact now. And, you know, we have seen that happen. And I'm very, very pleased with how we're doing our signings. There are things that still need to be improved. We are far from perfect, but I'm happy and I'm optimistic about what I'm seeing from this football club about where that it's going. And I hope that that optimism turns into a reality for next season. If it doesn't, we will criticise and we will be critical because this is where we remain grounded and objective, not hyperbolic and crazy and craving of attention. We try and be as objective and as grounded as we can. Lee says, Tom, if you was the manager, would you play two up front in a five in midfield with a three at the back? I'd stick with a 4-3-3, Lee. I think that's the way in which we're moving forwards. I think that's the structure that Arteta wants. However, I think that we need to be malleable. I think we need to be a little bit, you know, flexible with how we play. And in certain games, in certain situations, we will definitely need to be uh, using a different style of formation if we need to. Uh, Let's go to... (laughs) Uh, sorry, Carl, says Tom, this is my first time being first. You didn't even mention it. It's not like you had anything more important to talk about, Carl. I'm sorry, mate. Uh, I must have missed that. But welcome and thank you for your continued watching of the show, my friend. Um, let's go to uh, Nana, who says, what more signings do you think we need? Minimum 
centre midfielder that has to be addressed. We have to bring in a centre midfielder. I'll be really disappointed if we don't. It is just such a priority for me to make sure we bring someone of quality into centre midfield. Beyond that, you know, the wide forwards, I think the wide forward is something that we also need. They're the two players I look at. You know, a left a left-footed centre back as well if Marie goes, but I think that might be asking for quite a lot. We've already brought in five players. We brought in six players last summer, and I thought that was a lot. Eight players in a summer is a hell of a lot of players, especially when so far we've not got rid of any. So uh, yeah, I might be asking for too much, but that's that's what I think we need, and that's what I I think that we need to try and get. But you know, we will try and do as much as we can. Uh, Christos says, hey, Tom, do you think it's important to manage and get both Zinchenko and Katie in the same 11? No. Competition, Christos. It's not about squeezing and, you know. Have you seen, um, you know, in Japan, uh, they do the the, the the trains and you've got like the, the station conductors that are like forcing the people onto the trains. I'm sure you've seen those viral clips that go around. We don't need to do that with our starting 11. We've got four competitions. We've got five subs next season and a big bench. We need competition, not backups. We need to be able to rotate, keep players fit, deal with injuries. We don't need to squeeze every player into the starting eleven. We need to try and find a way to manage the squad, rotate players, keep people fit, find the best solutions to every problem we face in terms of competition and opposition. That's the way in which we move forwards as a club. It's not about forcing things. Uh, and so, no, we don't need to do both. Uh, Dave says, my own view has changed on our priorities past the tour. I now feel that regardless of the Pepe situation, we need a wide forward and definitely a defensive midfielder. I don't stray too far from what you're saying, Dave. The midfield situation is really interesting. I speak to one person like Babs the other day who says that his midfield preference is a goal-scoring midfielder. I speak to yourself, Dave, and you're telling me a number six. I speak to the likes of Sheen and Lev. They tell me that also a number six has to be addressed. It's amazing how split we are on this idea of what type of midfielder we need. I think there is a need, obviously, for both, but I don't think both is realistic in one window. The drop-off from Thomas Parta, who we know suffers with these consistent injury problems, to the likes of Xhaka, Lokonga, Elneny is significant. That said, I think Elneny is incredibly slept upon. I think he's incredibly disrespected for what he brings into the team. I think the same about Sambi Lokonga. But I do think that there is a need for quality in a player who can play box-to-box, who can play as a six. And that's very difficult to find. You don't find those types of players. Ibrahim Sangara, for me, is a really good potential option for Arsenal if they're willing to spend 30 million quid on a player. I think he would be a great option for us. But uh, I'm not sure I see Arsenal doing that this summer. Uh, Lynn says, we are causing us problems without selling. We can't bring players in, so I fully understand we have to be ruthless. Um but to the extent where we will miss out on players, but not to the extent where we will miss out on players. I agree, Lynn. If it means that we need to just move players on for cheaper prices in order to be able to strengthen, I'm with you. But right now, we don't. At this stage of the window, we don't have to compromise our principles on players. When it gets into August and we get into the final weeks of the window, then yes. People forget that despite two weeks of window feeling like a short period of time, that is half the entire length of the January window, remember, a lot happens in the final two, three weeks of the window, especially for clubs like Arsenal regarding outgoings. The five games that we have in August, before the season starts from, you know, without the window being open, are very winnable games with the squad that we have. I don't believe that we need to sign players to win any of the games that we have before the window closes. And we have a squad that is good enough right now to win those five games. And so that's why I'm very open to the idea of still seeing players come in after the season starts, because I think we can very much win those games. So I'm not going to be blowing up or throwing out thumbnails and videos like, disgrace, Arsenal haven't done their business before the season starts. No, I'm not going to be doing that, because I think what we've done so far has put us into a position where we can absolutely win games in the first five games. If we don't win them, you know, there's only one place to point the finger, and that will be towards the coach. But in regards to what we have right now, we should absolutely be looking to win those games, and we can still then strengthen the squad before the season starts. The downfall is obviously the preparation. The downfall is not having that player available to play preseason or to transition or have that point. I get that. But also, I understand that some opportunities don't open up until later in the window. And I also understand that we need to move players on before we can bring more players in. Not because we don't have the money, 
but we don't have the space. <laughs> and we have 33 players in our senior squad. Not that have to be registered, but 33 players that are costing us money, that are paying wages to, and that are taking up places in the team still. And so I do think that we have to make sure that we've moved players on. But you're right, Lynn. We need to make sure that whilst we need to be ruthless, we can't allow that to compromise our ability to miss out on players, our ability to not miss out on players. That's what we need to do. Um, I know I've been waffling on, um, but I'm actually quite enjoying this show. I think it's going somewhere. So I'm not going to wrap things up just let. I think there's some really good questions that are coming into the chat. So we're going to stick with it and we're nearly at 1600 listeners. So let's keep pushing. Uh, Daniel says, do you think having Zinchenko and Tierney will cause friction? Who, by the way, was fantastic at the festival that I went to yesterday uh, <laughs> in the side. And would you take Andy C up front? I knew where you were going with your question, uh, Dan, as soon as you started answering it. Do I think in, and I'm going to answer your question seriously, because despite the great puns, um, <laughs> I think there is a good question in there. Do I think it will cause friction between Tierney and Zinchenko? That's a thing that players need to deal with. You know, that's something that players have to understand is competition at the top level will exist. So, like, if you think about Liverpool's front line now, you've got Nunez, Firmino, Salah, You've got Jota, you've got uh, you've got uh, Louise, and at City, all the competition that they've got. But they exist and they coexist because they know they're going to be fighting for the best. And Arsenal need to show their players that they are going to try and fight for the best as well. That's how you keep players happy. And if players aren't happy, they can go and we can bring someone else in instead. Uh, Johnny says, uh, Tom, do you think we can sell enough players to trim the squad sufficiently? I think we need to sell eight and bring in one or two. I do think there is potential. I mean, if you look at the players, for instance, that we are looking to sell, they are being linked now. Um, there are genuine links with quite a lot of those players. I mean, if we go, the ones that aren't are likes of Runison, haven't really seen many links with him. Leno, we've seen some solid links with clubs. Bellerin, we know we've got a solid link with Real Betis. Pablo Marie, we know that we've got links with the likes of Fenerbahce, Udinese have been linked. Tavares, very strongly linked with Atalanta. Um, Maitland-Niles has been linked with a number uh, of Premier League clubs and to my understanding has interest not only from England but from Germany as well um, Lucas Torreira has supposedly an agreement in place with Valencia we'll see how that one transpires he's open to moving to Spain Reese Nelson I think will end up probably staying Balogun I think is probably going to go on loan and there is significant interest from both the Championship and from the Bundesliga so I think that we have enough interest in our players that we will see players move on. It's just about how we do them and how we ultimately, you know, sort them out within a timely fashion. Um, Dan points out we've got less than 300 likes and yet there's 1,600 of you watching. So let's try and at least get those likes up to 400. And Dan, I hate you. I've just realized what you've done. <laughs> um, let's go to Benjamin says, Tom, do you think Torreira is purposely trying to act up in the hope to force the agenda, so we cut our losses like a Bamiang. Do you think he's trying to act up? No, I just kind of think this is what he's like. Um, there is a level of immaturity about him, um, which is a shame, but uh, uh, it's, it is what it is. It is It is what it is. It's a rare. I just hope that we move him on. Now, Ashwin says, Tom, don't you think the Tillemans transfer depends on Xhaka's departure? and not Torreira. No, I don't. I think that this is being way overblown. And I think that actually Torreira and Maitland-Niles' departure would see enough space open up to get Tielemans into the Arsenal squad. I may be wrong, but I don't see Xhaka as being the main block to me. Uh, Jashar says Pepe's problem is his price tag and Saka. I think there is too much disrespect against Pepe, who has not been given enough regular minutes. Similarly to Eddie before the opportunity. What are your thoughts? Jashar, with respect, Arsenal aren't a charity. We can't just give minutes to players who don't take their opportunities. And I don't think that Pepe has taken the opportunities when he's been given those chances. We gave minutes to Eddie and he has taken them. You know, I, I can't, there's there's no argument to say that Eddie has not taken that opportunity. Pepe, for me, got time in the squad, didn't deliver enough. People talk about his goal record and his assist record, but take away those Europa League numbers and they're not good viewing. They're just not. You know, we can all just broadly stand by numbers and goal contributions if we look at what's been scored against lower teams in the Europa League. But I'm sorry, take those Europa League numbers away. And even with the Premier League appearances number next to it, it's not good viewing. So I, we'd, we'd, it's it's just not for me. It's just not. I, I think we need to be more ruthless. We can't be charitable in this situation. We just can't. 
Um, Jasmine says the timing of the interview and the transparency of Edu is a good strategy. It gives more encouragement for top players and agents to want to aspire to join Arsenal. I agree with you, mate. Um, Deep 11 says there is no DM out there who we can buy and isn't levels below Partey. I do disagree. I think Ibrahim Sangara that I've mentioned is a significant upgrade on what we've already got and closes the gap to a player like Partey and can actually play with him. So I would disagree with you slightly there on that one, mate. Um, Andrea says, which player do you think will take a big step next season? I think Martin Odegaard is going to be the one to watch to take a big step. Five goals, five assists last season. I want to see double, double digits for assists. I want to see him getting as close to double digits for goals as he can across all competitions. That's what I'm looking for from Martin Odegaard to really take it. And I think with a player like Gabriel Jesus up top, he has got the opportunity to work with a brilliant, brilliant player as well. Um, and with that, as we close in on the 50-minute mark, we are going to wrap things up. Thank you so much for tuning into what has been a fairly passionate show for an 8 a.m. morning. Um, but thank you so much for joining. I will be live over on the Arsenal Way at 10 a.m. Make sure that you come and join us for even more conversations. Link is in the link tree in the description. I also want to give a big shout out to Mike from the Gunas Pod for doing a lot of fantastic work with Gunas versus Cancer uh, whilst he was away on the U.S. tour. You know, in fact, just to give a direct link, if you go into our link tree in the description, you will find uh, a link to Gunas versus Cancer if you want to go and contribute. But when they were over in Baltimore, Mike helped raise $2,306. And in Orlando, they raised $2,911 all towards uh, the, the Leukemia Society. So thank you so much um, for all the continued support. We know that we've been pushing it. We know that lots of other channels have been pushing it. But yeah, the, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society have received over five grand in dollars from the Arsenal family. Um, and Mike has been a brilliant um, custodian of that, uh, that all of that organisation. And was a worthy winner, of course, uh, the Football Content Awards of that charity too. Um, so thank you to everybody uh, that joined. Thank you to everybody that contributed. And thank you to everybody that continues to support everybody within the channel and outside of it and all of the other channels of course that we contribute to and are very very good friends of thank you for listening i will see you at 10 a.m other than that i will see you probably later this afternoon as well to be fair for another show uh but it's been a pleasure as always and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.